Hey everybody, it's Keith Rainwater here on the Designated Drummer Podcast. Hope everybody's doing good. Um, we are coming up on the holiday season here, and I thought I would just talk a little bit about uh, some of my experiences in Lone Star and being a musician on the road and, you know, experiencing Christmas through that whole, you know, touring thing and the whole uh, recording of Christmas albums and all that stuff. It's It's been quite a journey, and I've learned a, a lot through the years of you know, just what a Christmas uh, season would be like for a touring musician. It's not always easy, but uh, there are a lot of uh, exciting, fun things about it that I really like. One of them is uh, definitely recording Christmas albums. We have had two throughout the years that I've been with Lone Star. The first one we recorded was in 1999, right after we recorded the Lonely Grill CD that has Amazed and What About Now and Smile and all those hits on there. It's almost like as soon as we kind of got that one wrapped up and we're out on the road sort of promoting it and Amazed, I think Amazed had just come out, we knew that we wanted to do a Christmas album. It was time to do a Christmas album. So Dan Huff, our producer, um, was you know producing at the time and uh, thought it would be a good idea to get started working on a Christmas album. And so we got him back in the studio. Now, the, the weird thing about recording Christmas albums if you're a band and if you know anything about the recording process it takes several months of you know recording and editing and mixing and you know singing the vocals and getting all the parts put in and then the album artwork and there's got to be a photo shoot and there's got to be a lot of things that come into play you know before you release an album so that always means that you are recording a Christmas album in summer that's always seems to be the case. It's always like, you know, Christmas in July. How do you get in the mood? How do you come up with the whole ideas for Christmas songs and the joyous spirit and, and the Christmas thing in July or August or whatever in the middle of the summer? Seems like it's always in July. That's, you know, right about, what, six months or so before Christmas is going to be around. Um, and, and, of course, you know, you have to have everything ready quite a bit early, you know, but like before Thanksgiving, you have to have it wrapped up and ready and packaged and all that stuff. So that just means that you have to get everything done in the summer. So, you know, we went in and recorded the whole, um, it was called This Christmas Time, our first, and that is probably one of my favorite albums, not just Christmas albums, but albums of all time that we ever recorded. It was just so, so amazing, just sonically and the way our renditions of some of the um, Christmas songs that we did. And one of my favorites on that album was Little Drummer Boy. That was definitely my little favorite, my favorite. Just the percussion in there. And, you know, we had a, a percussionist named Eric Darkin that did a lot of uh, percussion, that does a lot of percussion in Nashville. And he was playing percussion on that. A lot of percussion stuff. And it was just so amazing, the arrangement of that song. And, and it's still my favorite to do live these days. Um, which we are, you know, rehearsing. We just got the rehearsing today for a Christmas tour that we're doing. I'll talk about that in a little bit. You know, just going in and figuring out how these songs are going to go because you don't want to just play these Christmas songs exactly the way you've heard them or the way you were raised listening to them. you got to kind of reimagine them a little bit and kind of think about what's the song, what's going to be the deal on this song? Is it going to be an up-tempo thing? Is it going to be a four four is it going to be three quarter time is you know you got to kind of come up with a thing you know like a, a feel of the song and that's always kind of uh you know interesting 
fun thing to do. So we always um, took great pride in that, you know, and, and that, so they're recording that this Christmas time. That one was so fun. And uh, it's really definitely one of my favorite ones. And then later on, uh, a few years later, uh, Richie had left the band, decided he was going to go solo. And this was been, would have been about the spring-ish, sort of spring, um, early summer of 07. We had a new singer that was going to join the band, Cody Collins. And we thought a, a, a good sort of first project to work on with Cody would be a Christmas album. And it was in the summer. And we just, just started working on ideas and songs that we hadn't done on the first Christmas album, on this Christmas time. And this next album, and I, I'm sorry, but I cannot remember the name of that album, Christmas Gifts or... I can't remember the name of that album, but it was the one with Cody on it. We went in and we recorded. We just went in and thought about all the songs that we hadn't recorded. One of them was Jingle Bells, what was a really cool one that sticks out in my mind, Jingle Bells, we didn't do on the first album. So we thought, how could we do Jingle Bells? What would be a fun way to do it? You know, besides just going, Jingle Bells, Jingle Bells, Jingle all the way. So we thought, well, what if we did it kind of like rockabilly, sort of almost like, oh, oh I don't know, kind of a rockabilly up-tempo kind of um, Dwight Yoakam, like, like what if Dwight Yoakam were to do this song, how would it sound? And we just kind of came up with this kind of this kind of shuffle rockabilly kind of like, you know, the way Dwight Yoakam would have done it. So we did that. And then we had some other songs like Silent Night, stuff that we didn't record. So we just went through a whole list of songs that we hadn't done on the first album that we thought we might want to do on the second album. A couple of originals in there. And uh, one song that I actually ended up directing a video for, and uh, that was that was pretty fun. That was a really great album. It was so fun because we just went in and with this new singer and the energy that that, that brings and all that, and uh, we just had a ball making that record. And then shortly after we made that record, we went in and started working on a studio album for you know just to, to release you know not Christmas songs, just like other original songs and things like that with Cody. And uh, that was fun too. And then we, but the the thing about recording a Christmas album is that, well, you have to, the, the following, you know, when you're going to release it that Christmas, you have to book a whole tour. You have to do a whole Christmas tour or at least a tour where you're doing your hit songs and then partly hit songs. And then these Christmas songs that you've just recorded and that you're releasing on this new album, you have to go and rehearse all the things and you have to work them all up and you have to figure out where they're going to go. And it's quite a lot of work really. It's a lot of work coming up with all the live arrangements. And in our case, uh, we have video screens now, so we have to come up with uh, content for the video screens and all that. It's a lot of work. It really is a lot of work. And Dean, our keyboard player, he does a lot of that work with the video screens and stuff like that and coming up with ideas and things like that. He's, he's big into coming up with those things and how it's going to go and all that. He does a lot of work. He's a hard worker. And so we that year that we, I think it was oh. 07 slash 08, we had to come up with the whole Christmas and hits tour. And so we rehearsed and rehearsed and rehearsed all these Christmas songs, plus the hit songs and things like that, and how to work them into a tour. So I think what we ended up doing was we did half the show was Christmas stuff. And I think that was first. I think we did that first. And then we did the hits and things like that, uh, you know, like No News and Amazed and I'm Already There and things like that, the, the second half of the show. And that was really fun. We had a good time with that tour. Then, you know, a few years go by and you think, what are we going to do this year for a Christmas tour? So I think we did one, 
I want to say we did one that was an acoustic kind of thing. We did an acoustic uh, Christmas tour where we just, um, I had a little cocktail kit set out there and everybody else played their acoustic instruments and we worked up a whole show. We even had a set that we made for that tour that was Christmas gifts and things and a Christmas tree and some things like that out there. It was really fun. And uh, of course, always got to do my favorite song, Little Drummer Boy, in the way that we had done it on our album, on our first Christmas album. So that was really fun. And then, so a couple of years ago, we hooked up with Phil Vassar, and the idea was we would do a Christmas tour with Phil Vassar. And the way we worked it up was Phil would come out, uh, we would all come out and play some Chris, like a medley or something of some Christmas songs. And then Phil Vassar would play, no, I'm sorry, Lone Star would play uh, our things when Phil Phil's band would leave the stage and we would play our songs, a couple of our hits. And then uh, Phil Vassar would come out and join us for something like Memphis or something like that and then play his whole set. And then we would leave and then Phil and his band would come take over. And it was a really neat, neat show. And it was probably one of the only times in my career that I ever remember ever getting to take a break in the middle of the show. I don't remember ever getting to do that before. And that was really kind of nice. We did that whole thing for that year. And I think it was uh, 2018. And then we did it again in 2019. Revamped the show a little bit, made some corrections, but basically did the same thing where um, we would share the stage. And one of my favorite things of that whole tour was we worked up the song Carol of the Bells. And that's that Trans-Siberian Orchestra song that they did that's real kind of almost heavy metal, but it's, it's you know, has a lot of the Christmas stuff in there, like bum ba da dum bum ba da dum bum ba da dum that kind of stuff. If you've ever, if you've never heard it, you really got to look it up, like on YouTube or something. There's a, a bunch of good YouTube videos that have Carol the Bells from the Trans-Siberian Orchestra, their version of it. So we just took that version and we worked it up. And I remember when we were rehearsing for that first Phil Vester tour, and there's that uh, coming up on 2018, we, it took us two solid days of rehearsal to work that song up. It's so complicated and such a, the arrangement is such an orchestra, you know, it's such a big, has a lot of movements and a lot of dynamics and a lot of different parts. And there were nine musicians on stage. It was all Phil, Phil's Vassar's band and Lone Star and all of us on stage at the same time. Now, of course, this is minus Phil and Richie because they're vocalists, they sing. So they had left, they would leave the stage and we, nine of us would play this Carol of the Bells. And and what I remember about it most was that every single night that we did that song, we got a standing ovation. And that was just such a thrill to play. And then at the end of that huge, big ending, you know, bow, you know, you hit that. And the audience would all just jump to their feet. And it was just a big standing ovation. And for a musician on stage, that is like, to me, is almost like the Mount Everest of, of all things, you know. I mean, it's just like you can't get much better than getting a standing ovation after you played a difficult number or something that you really worked hard on and then you get a standing ovation that's that's such a big compliment from an audience to a performer or a group of performers so we we did that a couple of years in a row there we did the, that first tour with Phil Vassar and then the next year we you know like I said we we revamped a couple of things but we kept that carol of the bells in there and it was again I think we decided to the second year we decided to make the carol of the bells it was such a big impact on the audience, how do you follow that? So I think it was Phil's idea. He said, uh, you got, you know, we should just end on that song. You can't 
come back after that song, after that standing ovation and do, you can't almost do anything, you know. So we should end the night with that. So we did. And uh, so we worked it up again. We've just been in rehearsal for two days for this year, working up, just coming up with a kind of a Christmas show and how to incorporate some of our hit songs in there, just like we've always done, and end with Carol of the Bells again. It's just a great ender. And uh, that's been such a great, fun song to do. And, and of course, it's funny, with COVID last year, we didn't get to do a tour. We didn't get to do any shows last Christmas because everything was shut down. COVID was still going on. And we just had to kind of you know, stay at home. And so then another year, you know, year passed. Now it's Christmas time again. We've been doing some shows, staying safe and all that. And But I'm, thank God we've been able to get out there and do some shows. As limited as they are, I think we're only doing like three shows this December. We went ahead and rehearsed up all this stuff for, for three shows. So thankfully we'll be able to go out there and do it. But, you know, when we went into rehearsal this time, it was like we started working these songs up and hadn't realized that, wow, oh, it's been two years since we played any of these songs. It, you know, because we're always thinking like, oh, it was just a year ago that we did these. Now it's time to work them up again. Well, no, because we didn't do any last year, it was like, yeah, it's been two years since we did these songs. And as a musician, after two years, you kind of forget, you tend to forget some things. So we had to rehearse for a couple of days, got everything worked up, and uh, it's um, working out really good. And I uh, can't wait to get out there and hit the road with these holiday songs with our new lead singer, Drew Womack. He's awesome. He does such a good job on these things, and uh, he's got such a great voice, and he's a great guy, and it's just great to have him out there with us. I wanted to then talk about some of the things, uh, Christmases past, you know, that I've had. Also, I'll talk about some Christmas gifts that I got that I really, really enjoyed over the years. You know, well, now that I think back over the years, some Christmas gifts I got when I was younger. Two of my favorite things that I got that were musically oriented, I'll say. I've always been a big tool guy, you know, and I always get tools and things like that for Christmas. But two of the musical things that I got when I was growing up, when I was about 13, I was in band. And I know I wasn't a drummer then. I wanted to be a drummer but there just was too many drummers in band at that time. And so our band director said, well, we've already got too many drummers. Can you pick another instrument? So I know my dad had always wanted me to play trumpet. So I I played trumpet and I got to play his, I can't say got to play. I had to play his old antique, smelly old, it was really, it was really old trumpet that he had when he was in high school that he played and he sort of passed it along to me. And I remember in band, you know, showed up the first day of band and everybody's got their brand new cornets and their instruments and things that they just, their parents just bought them. And I show up with this old antique thing. And I remember it was so old that it was somewhere, it was like the missing link between a cornet and a trumpet. A cornet is kind of a shorter version of a trumpet and a trumpet is a little bit longer and thinner. Mine, my trumpet that I had was exactly in between a cornet and a trumpet. It was like the missing link between a cornet and a trumpet. And I remember our band director, Mr. Collins, he, uh, oh, sorry, Mr. Collinsworth, he looked at it and said, what is this thing? You know, and he was just kind of puzzled as to what it, where it came from. And did I get it from an antique store? And I was like, nope, that was my dad's and, and I've got to play it. So, and I played it, and it sounded good, but it was just like, you know, when it came time to fix it or do any work on it, it was pretty old. So here's the point I'm getting to. The very next year on my second year trumpet, that would have been sixth grade when I started, in seventh grade, I was about 13. And my Christmas gift for that year, my dad had made up for the fact that he'd given me this old thing. 
he bought me a brand spanking new Bach Stradivarius trumpet, nickel plated, and it was about, I remember at the time, this was a lot of money back then, it was about $525 trumpet that that would have been something that a a symphony trumpet soloist would have had, you know, on you when you you go and see the symphony and then there's like a soloist that plays the trumpet, it would have been something they would have had. So he totally uh, made up for the fact that I had this old thing for a year. And I and so I went from that year, I went from like when we broke for that year for Christmas holiday in uh, December, and then we came back in January after the holidays, after our two-week Christmas holidays. I went from having the worst oldest instrument in the whole band to having the most awesome best you know brand new trumpet you know and everybody was just like oh wow that's so nice man you're so lucky and uh, thanks dad I really appreciate that and I played it for years and years until finally the urge to be a drummer just took over and I just couldn't play trumpet anymore I just wanted to focus on drums because I knew I was going to be a drummer and I became a drummer and I'm still a drummer but I really enjoyed that trumpet for a long time. I had it for many, many years, and finally I think I sold it or I gave it to somebody or, or traded it or something like that. But um, I wished I hadn't, but that was always a, a really, really great gift that I got for Christmas. And the second thing that I remember getting for Christmas a few years later when I was, in fact, a drummer, I was trying to collect a set of drums, and I remember I had my first drum kit wasn't really a full drum kit. It was just like a set of drums that was kind of a you know a, uh, not complete drum kit but it was kind of a collection of some drums and things one of the things i was missing from that kit was a really good hi-hat and my mom knew she asked me what i wanted for christmas that year and i said oh i really need a hi-hat so bad i wished i had a hi-hat so she bought me one that year and that was one of the best christmas gifts i ever got because then like now i had more of a complete kit and i could play in a hi-hat instead of just sticking two cymbals together with a piece of you know metal or a piece of rod a steel rod and uh sort of holding it up in front of me and, and using that i actually had a hi-hat that opened and closed and it was pretty nice so for a little while there i had that was my hi-hat until i bought finally when i was in high school i bought a uh, i think i was a senior i bought my first complete kit that had you know hi-hat and cymbal stands and everything every snare stand i didn't have to hodgepodge anything i had the full kit but i kept that hi-hat for a long time anyway but uh just wanted to throw a few things out there that uh that were my favorite gifts when i was younger and uh, i was an aspiring musician and i just wanted to you know be a professional and i wanted to have a really good kit of course now i'm a full-fledged drummer and have been for many years and i really enjoy getting to get out there and do my thing in front of our crowd and our people that enjoy our music and it's so great to get out there and I always enjoy playing the Christmas songs because they're they're so different and we don't get to play them that often once a year you know for a few weeks or something like that and so it's always so fun to do those Christmas songs and to bring the joy to the people and to uh, the challenge of like I said playing Carol of the Bells that's been a, a new inspiration for Christmas time. Every time Christmas time comes around, it's like, oh, we get to do Carol the Bells again. That's so fun. And from a drummer's standpoint, it's just really, really great. Now, I know it's probably Dean, our keyboard player, probably. <laughs> he probably dreads every year Carol the Bells. Oh, God, i got to work that thing up again, you know, because it's a lot. It's a lot to do on keyboards and any any instrument at all. But um, I always enjoy doing it, and it's always fun to 
play our Christmas songs in front of the crowd. And I hope that you guys are having a great holiday season and I hope everybody's staying safe. And I hope that I get to see people out there that will hopefully come to some of our shows. They're going to be up kind of in the Michigan area. I hope to see you up there. And I think there's one in Austin, Austin, Texas. And um, other than that, I hope um, you have a safe holiday season and everybody gets what they asked for for Christmas and has a safe holiday season and just gets to listen to their favorite music and relax and stay warm and have a great season. And I will um, catch you on the next designated drummer podcast and uh, I don't know who it's going to be yet but I'm sure it'll be somebody very interesting and fun and I look forward to seeing you next time so take care bye bye